What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to Ticket Weeknights. Okay, here's the deal with Nicole. Live from Cobble Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. She's just going to tell it like it is. Nicole is, uh, she's very wise. Sometimes you're not going to like it. Here is your host, Nicole Griffin. All right, welcome back in. Uh, happy Monday evening, wherever you may be. Nick Sainer back with you. No Nicole Griffith. Um, she is on vacation, rightfully so, enjoying uh, wherever she may be. Well, I, I know where she's at, but I'm not going to out her like that. Um, so have a safe drive back, Nicole, if you're still listening. She did tell me to shut up earlier. Well, she texted into the show and said, shut up, Nick, um, because that's kind of just her thing. She decides to... Tell me to shut up every single show, and it's all good. We we like it. Um, it, it's coming to, it's actually becoming a thing where people will come up to me and be like, "Man, I just love how Nicole gives you so much crap every Monday night." And I just sit here like, "Really? This is what this is what it's about?" But everybody likes Nicole. Everybody dislikes Nick. But no, it's I'm just joking anyway. Um, four zero two four six four five six eight five. The Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Hamid Text Line, both those. Continue to be open for you guys. Appreciate you guys uh, t- chiming in. Any thoughts you may have, give us a, give us a jingle on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. If you want to tell me how I'm wrong that the NHL playoffs are horrible again, please do. I'd be okay with that caller calling back. Like I, I'm seriously all good with it. Um, but once again, if you miss any of the the show, head over to theticketfm.com and we'll we'll be good to go from there. Uh, so Harrison, I, I don't know if you saw this video. Before we get to uh, Nebraska baseball, but did you see the video that Barstool posted of Cam Jurgens after he got drafted hurting the cows? Did you ever see that? Oh yeah, yeah. So this it's finally. I, I remember. So he posted it a long time ago, I believe, like a year ago. I want to say. Yeah, it's an older video. It, it's an older video, Cam Jurgens, once again from Beatrice, and he he posted this video. I'm trying. I'm scrolling through his Twitter. I'm stalking your Twitter right now, Cam Jurgens, if you're listening, but. He uh, 
posted this video, geez, it would have been, let's see, farther back than March 20th of 2021, so still back farther, oh boy, anyway, posted a long time ago of him herding cows, herding cattle, basically, right, and it's starting to make its way around the world, and um, remember his NIL deal was beef jerky. And he started wearing it to press conferences and everything. Well, Barstool posted a video of Cameron Jurgens herding the cattle and and whatever. And I mean, Cam Jurgens is is not backing down from anybody, um, regardless of cow, right? So NFL just posted this. They posted the video on their main account. The NFL did, and said, "quote That cow wanted no part of beef jerky." So is beef jerky going to still be a thing? Like, should we? Do we need to? get the beef jerky merchandise just with an Eagles logo. But I feel like there's some trademark stuff that we have to work around. I don't know. There's probably smarter people out here. But I guess beef jerky is still going to be a thing in the NFL for Cam Jurgens. Uh, but if you have not seen that video, head over to Twitter. Like I said, the NFL on their main account, the account that has over 30 million followers, just posted that video um, saying once again that cow wanted no part of beef jerky, and then they tagged Cam Jurgens in it, and and things like that. So, kind of a wild situation there, but um, that's finally making its rounds. We'll be joined by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here at seven thirty. Talk Husker baseball as well. Uh, I thought about getting so state baseball is going on right now for the surround this team that or the schools in the state. So we'll probably talk about that here in the coming days. But unfortunately, I was. There's some district finals going on tonight, so some high school writers and, and people that are out there watching it unfold as it unfolds are all pretty busy tonight covering district finals. Also, state soccer's happening out there um, in Omaha, so Lincoln, or excuse me, the, the city of Lincoln sent quite a few teams for the first time in a while out to state soccer in Omaha, so that's really exciting stuff. Um, if you do want to give a shout-out, though, to anybody that you may know pre- playing in uh, state soccer or in district baseball, let us know, 402-464-5685, as the spring championships got underway earlier today. All right, so once again, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, joins us here in about 28 minutes or so. But for the time being, let's talk Husker softball. Because Husker softball, 37-14. and 14. They have an opportunity to eclipse 40 wins, if they find some success, not only in the Big Ten tournament, but in a regional, because they have played themselves into a into 30th in the RPI right now, as the Pittsburgh Penguins score another goal, they now lead the Rangers two to one. Adam Adam on the text line will be happy about that. It was off the deflection. However, now softball Husker softball, they've played themselves into a regional. They've done well enough all season long, which is kind of interesting because coming into the season, talking to Nate Rohr, the voice of the Husker softball uh, team, you hear him on the Huskers radio network um, do play-by-play every game. When I was talking to him on my show before the season began, as the Penguins score another goal, it's 3-1, that he was sitting here going, I don't know what this team is necessarily going to look like. It's young. There's a lot of new faces. However, there's a good blend of of some some veteran players as well. Obviously, you have some captains in Carly Seavers and Courtney Wallace, Olivia Farrell. 
Cami Barr is part of it as well. And then, just going back even farther, you were sitting here going, or excuse me, I was sitting at the press conference in the sixth floor of Memorial Stadium, and Ronda Ravel comes out and says, you know, this team started preparing day one of, as soon as last, last season ended, they started preparing right off the bat. And part of that, you, you kind of sit there and from a team that went around 500 last year, played a conference-only schedule, yes, like you you want to hear that from your head coach, but you don't know how much of that is is coach speak or, you know, how... Because we've been hearing that specifically in football, and I don't want to make it sound like everything's about football, but it's that's absolutely the main driver around here. But we hear it about football and say, all right, yeah, like we've heard that before, how great things are going, but it hasn't resulted in wins. This season then, they started out, and prior to their games against San Diego, I don't know if we still had a clear read on this team. San Diego was back on March 15th. They traveled out there, and it was in the middle of a very long road stretch. They had been on the road since March 10th, and then they played a doubleheader against San Diego in San Diego. Because the weather in Nebraska is pretty crappy, and that was a, those were two games. Nebraska lost four to two and lost four to zero, and we had that mixed with the Nebraska baseball off to the rough start, and we're sitting here like, oh no, this this may be a long spring. Where if you would have asked people before February, there's a lot of excitement around not only Husker softball but Husker baseball, and then. Something happens. Nebraska goes on, beats Tulsa, sweeps the Rock Chalk Challenge, beats Tulsa twice, beats South Dakota twice. Um, their match, or excuse me, their game against Stanford that was supposed to be at home on March 23rd gets canceled. Then they they take both games at Michigan, who was ranked 19th, to start out the the conference slate. They dominate in-state rival Creighton at home, 15 to zero. They sweep Rutgers at home. They sweep Michigan State on the road. They take two from Iowa in a doubleheader on a Tuesday night. They sweep Minnesota at home, including a game that they were down 8-1. to one. And then Caitlin Neal hits the, the, the grand slam on the uh, birthday of her late father. And you have that amazing and breathtaking storyline to go along with that en route to an 11-8 win come from behind win on April 17th, which was a Sunday. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I know it for sure, the winning streak got up to 18 games, and it may have gotten up to more. I believe 18 was the was the cap on it. And you're sitting here like, man, Nebraska is now first place in the conference, and back just a month ago, we didn't know what to think about this team. We didn't know if they were a regional team. There were a lot of young uh, players playing significant time. They go to Wisconsin, game one on Friday gets canceled, so they have to play a doubleheader on Saturday. They get they lose both of those. Offense looked a little sluggish, only managed four runs, um, and that comes in, uh, or that's, that's following a weekend where Nebraska dropped 11 runs in two straight games and then seven the day before. The day before. Offense was a, little, was a little sluggish, so you're like, maybe maybe they're starting to even even it out. 
They lose two of three against Wisconsin. They lose two of three on the road against Ohio State. Then they come back, lose Friday's game against Indiana, where so DP and I were watching the game, and Nathan was there as well. And we were sitting on the, the third base side watching the game, and DP just like get him out of her, get get the pitcher out of her rhythm, and every single time it was they. I mean, Nebraska just allowed her to get right back on the rubber, do her routine, and kept her that you know kept her in sync basically. The Indiana pitcher, and and whether you're talking softball or baseball, I mean, in baseball it's crucial. Make a pitcher think about you a little bit. Step out of the box. Call time. Don't let him get into a rhythm. That's why it's a big thing. Like if you if you want to talk about it on when when you're on the base paths and you have a runner on the base paths, I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Is that when when you're on the base paths and, and a pitcher, you notice the opponent's pitcher is getting into a routine. Man, swipe a bag. Because they get in such of a in such a routine where if they look and check you once every single time before they deliver home they're going to be a creature of habit and do it every single time. And so you'll notice, that's why a lot of, I mean, that's why baseball and softball teams take charge charts. We did it in high school. They're going to do it at the college level. Take charts. How many guys, is, how many times does this pitcher look over? He comes set for one second, takes one look, looks back home plate, one second, and then he delivers every time. And it doesn't take long for when you're on the base paths to notice that and to pick that up. If you and your teammates in the dugout that aren't even on the starting lineup, aren't even on the on the lineup card, if they're paying attention and they're cognizant and, and, and in tune with the game, it does not take long for somebody to pick that up. You can pick it up if he if if a pitcher in baseball comes set, looks back to second base, checks the runner twice, and then goes home instantly. Or if he's a pitcher where, let's say what we called it when I was playing was a one-plus look. A one-plus. And basically what that meant is that the pitcher would come set, he would look once at the runner, check the runner, look back home, hold for one second, and then deliver home. Every time. Every time. So basically what that told us on the base pass was after he looked back at us, being a creature of habit and getting just in such a such a robotic kind of performance, basically, where you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. As a base runner, swipe a bag. That's a free 90 feet. We saw it happen with Nebraska baseball last year, and I I, I hate to compare last year to this year because there's so many different uh, so much that's different from last season to this season, but. If you get a read on a guy, swipe a bag. Do the little things. Put pressure on the opponent. Make them think, all right, how many times did I look at him last at bat? I looked at him twice? Okay, I need to look at him one time this time. I need to check the runner three times this time. I need to hold for a longer amount of time this time. Man, there's nothing more uncomfortable for a pitcher, and if there's any pitchers listening, there's more nothing more uncomfortable for a pitcher than when they have to sit there and sit there and sit there without flinching any of their knees, without clutching their knees, without balking. There's nothing more uncomfortable for a pitcher when you take them out of rhythm. And then on the backside of that, they have to throw a strike to your four hole, to your five hole. Man, you're asking a lot. You're asking a lot of an opponent. It's little things like that that will just, 
be the difference in a one-run ball game. There, there's a lot of little things like that. But um, back to Husker softball. They, they play the winner of Penn State and Indiana on Thursday at 10 a.m. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I, I thought about making the drive. I, I did not want to jinx them because that thought came into my mind, literally crept into my mind like, hmm, my luck, I'm going to drive the 10 and a half hours to Lansing. They're going to play it on Thursday at, uh, at 10 a.m. Because I'm there and decided to make the drive, they're going to lose, and I'm going to have to drive back 10 and a half hours that next day. I'm going to have to drive a total of 22 hours, um, or no, excuse me, 21 hours in the matter of 48 hours. I'm like, nah, nah. But if they make a super regional, I'll be there. I'm going to go because this this team deserves all the attention in the world. And there's a lot to be excited about with Nebraska softball. Ronda Ravel's done a great job. Um, Abby Squire's fun to watch. In-state. There's, there's a lot of in-state. Peyton Gladder, Abby Squire. Courtney Wallace is a senior. Played at Papillion La Vista. Brooke and Billy Andrews, the, the twin sisters from Gretna. Billy's probably going to be a first-team All-American. And she's hit 19 bombs this year. She was leading the country in home runs at one point through a, a, a big sample size of the season. Olivia Farrell played at Elkhorn South, I believe. There's a lot to be excited about. And now, they're also here's a name to watch in terms of recruiting for Nebraska softball. They have a commitment from Malia Tomes, who plays out in Waverly. Keep your eye on her. They're... they're Nebraska softball is not going to go anywhere. And the uh, similar to basketball and football, this in-state talent of Nebraska in softball is only getting better. And that's from somebody that works at a baseball and softball facility and sees the caliber of players coming in and working every day. Whether it's... Um, there's a lot of players also in the state, and I, I kind of want to just draw attention to this really quickly... There's a lot of players inside the state that have aspirations of going Division One and are going to be able to because of the opportunities around here, whether that's with Nebraska Gold, um, which is a select organization. Or I also know this. I also know this one player who has multiple Division One offers. She goes down to Kansas City every single week, multiple times a week, just for practice, and meets them up with them wherever they play tournaments. She plays with a select team out of Kansas City just because how, how, that's how dedicated they are to it. They're, the opportunities are, are endless. And um, what, I, what, we, what I always tell people in baseball and softball, if you want to play in college at some level, you'll be able to just because there's a lot of people out there. But, man, it's super respectable about um, anybody that finds their way to Nebraska. And, and this Husker softball team should be talked about endlessly. You have Carly Seavers from York, who basically the whole city of York came out over the weekend to celebrate her senior day, which was really awesome. But no, Husker softball, close to eclipsing thir- or 40 wins this year, just absolutely phenomenal. Um, once again, they open up on Thursday. We'll talk to Nate Rohr on the happy hour later this week, um, and, and we'll we'll kind of get his scoop on... The Big Ten tournament, which the Big Ten in softball much better than the Big Ten is in baseball, so much more respectable. There, there was a chance that 
the Big Ten may get five, six, or even seven teams into the 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 uh, into regionals from from Big Ten softball. So it's actually pretty remarkable stuff, and uh, definitely deserve to be talked about as as we go along. All right, four zero two four six four five six eight five. The Honda Lincoln Hotline starter Heyman text line. Appreciate you guys hanging out once again. No Nicole Griffith tonight. She's out of town on vacation. So Nick Sander with you, uh, kind of taking you up to eight o'clock. I believe I saw Brett Baker walk in the door. He's gearing up. We're ready to do the Hot Ones Challenge here shortly after 8 p.m. DP's got the Dr. Pepper, got the paper towels. I'm going to be staying far away from any of the hot sauces uh, because as somebody that's done the challenge twice, I know better. And I also want to enjoy my Tuesday and the rest of the week. So I uh, don't want anything to happen. Harrison's gearing up for it. He's ready to go. He's uh, locked in and and thinking about how he's going to demolish these wings. Um, Carter, are you doing it? Are you doing the Hot Ones? He's up in the air. All right, so Carter's up in the air. Um, I don't know. I might try to sneak a couple plane wings, but don't tell DP. I'm just, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, when we come back, we'll be joined by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald uh, on Ticket Weeknights, this time and this time only without Nicole Griffith. Nick Sander with you. Uh, we'll be back to wrap up the final 30 minutes of the show on a Monday coming up next on The Ticket. 2-1 count, and that's a deep. Back to The Ticket Weeknights. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Nicole Griffith. Back here on uh, Ticket Week Nights without Nicole Griffith. Nick Sander with you on a Monday. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, don't go anywhere. 8 p.m. special edition of Ticket Week Nights that I will stay far, far away from. Hot Ones Challenge. Brett Baker's in the building. Wings are being currently are currently being delivered. The sauces have arrived. The uh, Tupperware that each sauce has for its own specific amount of spice has arrived as well with Brett Baker. Uh, hockey score update: I believe it's four to two Penguins ahead of the Rangers. So I, I think Crosby has a couple couple goals. Um, haven't been able to watch super closely tonight, but. Um, hopefully they have it on at Tipsy Tina's. I, I think I'm going to head over to Tipsy Tina's after this and uh, watch some NBA and NHL because they're both great. All right, 402-464-5685. Uh, Husker baseball. They lose two of three on the road at Minnesota over the weekend, a team that only had two wins in the conference heading into the this weekend series they had only won one series before that and that was against western illinois i'm talking about minnesota unfortunately and nebraska might look back at this here in a couple weeks if they do fail to make the big 10 tournament and go man that's going to be one that we wish we had back getting one of those saturday or sunday games unfortunately but regardless they will now travel to illinois next weekend play a three-game slate against the final line who are in a similar position a little below them nebraska is currently seven and eleven in the conference a two-way tie for ninth place you have to have a be a top eight seed to uh travel to charles schwab field also known as or formerly known as td ameritrade park for the big 10 tournament here in a, about three weeks or so and nebraska's in danger of missing it so uh, with that being said, we'll go ahead and head to the Honda Lincoln Hotline where we'll be joined by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Talk a little Husker baseball with him as he covers them for the Omaha World Herald. He- Evan, happy Monday. How's it going, man? What's going on, guys? It's uh, yeah, 
going fine. Another Monday. Are you are you staying cool? Like it's the first time that I've been able to ask somebody that. Are you staying cool in the hot weather? Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, the the wind will keep you cool, okay. right? Like if if not for the wind, it would be sweltering. I think mm-hmm. would be the the word for it. It'd be humid. But the wind, which has been our unwanted friend for many weeks, is yeah. still with us. So, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, we're, we're joined by Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here on uh, the happy hour. Okay, so let's – just a general question. What in the world happened this weekend in Minneapolis? I mean, what? how did Minnesota, a team that had won two Big Ten conference games all season long and one series before – taking two of three from Nebraska. How did they take two of three from, from the Huskers? Well, I think Nebraska is probably still asking itself that same question as they were fussing back. But, I mean, it was a major missed opportunity. There's no sugarcoating it. Like the bare minimum, really, for that weekend, given what that team was at Minnesota, was to win the series. And Nebraska, you know, fell short of that. And I think – you look at how it happened, and, and it sort of mirrors what we've seen this season where it hasn't necessarily been one thing. Maybe the defense lets them down. Maybe the, the offense wasn't there. Maybe the pitching blows up. And this weekend, you had a little bit of the, a little bit of two of those, at least, in those, in those losses on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, you're up 8-5 to five in the eighth inning and feeling pretty good on Saturday, and you have a two-base throwing error that opens the door to tie the game. And you just kind of had the feeling at that point that the way Nebraska's season has gone – that that wasn't going to be one that they w- would be able to pull out. And, and sure enough, it, it plays out that way. And then, you know, Sunday it was kind of a, a reversion of the offense where it felt like maybe over the last, I don't know, a week to 10 days, they had sort of figured some things out with the lineup. Some guys have been heating up a bit and it just disappeared. I mean, only a handful of hits on Sunday, um, really none of the clutch variety and, you know, you leave you leave back for Lincoln and and really smarting from a lot of missed opportunities. Where you know this season to the at this point is pretty clear cut, right? Like the team is what it is. You've got a sample size that's more than big enough to to know what the deficiencies are and where the struggles are. And at this point, Nebraska just needs to win games, and that's what made last weekend so frustrating. Was when you look at the rest of their schedule, that was the chance to win two or three and get back into that race and at least play into Omaha and keep things interesting and, and, you know, things still are interesting, but man, that was a critical hit, no doubt about it to what they want to do after uh, the regular season. So I I hate to keep comparing or bringing up last season, but I'm going to do it one more time here. Um, How much does it feel like this season though, specifically like Nebraska needs to have everything go their way. They need starting pitching. They need to actually get hits and, and be able to compound hits on top of each other and limit errors in the field. Like, yes, to an extent that's baseball, but it felt like last year, even if at a time one of those areas were slacking or lacking, then another one, the other area would pick up. Does it just feel like this season Nebraska needs everything to go just perfectly to find themselves in a spot to stay competitive in a game? Yeah, it sure feels that way. Um, You know, last year Nebraska had a depth of arms. It was a clutch hitting team. Its defense not only made most of the routine plays, but also took outs away from opponents based on spectacular plays or, or doing um, you know something out of the ordinary, especially at shortstop with Spencer Schwellenbach. Mm-hmm. And this year, it's it's the other way. I mean, it's a harsh reminder that college baseball, more than the professional level, is about which team makes fewer mistakes. If you 
if you walk fewer guys, if you commit fewer errors, if you um, you know make the fundamental plays more often than not, you're going to win college baseball games. And I think that's the frustrating thing for Nebraska is the thing that it can control, which has been defense, like that's the thing that doesn't change, has been you know kind of shaky. And you know the other parts of the of the game haven't really um, given Nebraska much margin for error there. I mean, there have been injuries on the on the pitching side where you're talking about, you know, Kyle Perry as a weekend guy has been out. Jake Buns as your top sort of starter, reliever, swingman has been out. Um, you know, you have a promising freshman in Jackson Jelkin who was removed from the team. Um, so you're, you're down there. You're putting younger guys in, in spots that maybe uh, you'd like to wait on that on. And then offensively, it's just been a harsh reminder that, man, it's hard to be a young hitting team in college baseball, too. I mean, you look around the league, who's doing well? It's a team like Rutgers, which is uh, veteran-laden, a team like Maryland, same sort of deal. And it's just it's sort of all kind of come together in a negative way for Nebraska where they're just not able to win these games. And, uh, you know, I think expectation probably pay, plays a role in this thing, too, right? Like every national outlet picks Nebraska to win the league, in the preseason, uh, the coaches, the Big Ten coaches included, and to not make the tournament uh, in a year with so many expectations coming off of what last year was, it does feel like the disappointment is even heightened a little bit more because of all that. We're, we're speaking to Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald here. So let's talk about expectations for a moment here. Let's like zoom out bigger picture here. Going into the season, Nebraska had an opportunity to really build and improve the respect or the perception of Nebraska baseball as a program building off of last year as a team that was kind of an underdog all season long went into Arkansas and was competitive all weekend they they had an opportunity to build off that this whole entire season and show that they were you know capable of performing at a national level how much has has that perception been rocked and, and just destroyed here and does it feel like we have to build it back now from the bottom up well, it, I mean, it is different. Like, typically when there's a coaching change in college baseball, you can tell within two or three years, maybe four, uh, that, that that program is on the rise, like with that staff. And I think that's the jury is still sort of out on that okay. for this for Will Bolt and his staff. Um, you know, the top – this kind of was my theme going into the year. Like, the top college baseball programs in the country – uh, they reload every year. They bring in more guys, and then those guys are good, and then they get drafted, and part of their recruiting classes get sniped by the, the pro ranks, and that's just how it works, and they figure out a way to do it anyway. And so it felt like, to me, this was a year where that was really uh, sort of uh, going to be tested from Nebraska's point of view. When you think about, uh, you know, they lost an outfielder, Chase Mason, to football in the fall. He went to play at South Dakota State. They, they were... Um, you know, they were, uh, they had a lot taken from them in terms of the draft. Kate Povich and a number of other really talented veterans have gone. And so I think the, the, the idea that Nebraska was going to be the favorite to win the league was not based on so much on the returners because they love of all the production they lost, but it was, it was based on the assumption that everybody else who we didn't see a lot last year was developing behind the scenes and that, uh, the, the players that these coaches brought in would just be able to, sort of go out there and, and pick up uh, where the previous team left off. And I think it was it was a reminder that that 
just isn't realistic most times. And, uh, you know, the, the, some of the freshmen who are highly rated uh, haven't necessarily proven to be like, you know, day one sort of guys. Not that they can't have good careers here as, as the years go on, but that just hasn't happened in year one. And um, so I think all those things are, are sort of reminders there. And it's, uh, I think it's worth noting when you talk about the future, though, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the roster comes together for Nebraska next year. One, because from an eligibility perspective, technically everybody but Dawson McCarvel could come back next year if they chose to do so. Guys like Shea Shanneman, who's a senior, Cody Frank, uh, Tyler Martin as a key reliever, some other guys too. And then you talk about the guys that are coming in in this next class. I mean, they got a commitment again today from a junior college infielder. They're going to have nine JUCOs uh, set to arrive for next year. So there are reinforcements coming. I think Nebraska wants to get older quicker. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see how it goes next year. But I do think how this year has gone really is a testament to how in college baseball, you kind of like football, you want to get, you want to try to get old and stay old if you can. Okay, we're speaking to uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Okay, so it's funny you bring up recruiting. I was going to ask you about this um, just in a second here. Nebraska got the commitment of an eighth grader, Bryce Fountain, from, uh, I want to say Norris. He's going to be going to Norris. He's not even a freshman in high school yet. We see that around now. We're starting to see that more and more uh, with college baseball recruiting, where, where schools are taking commitments of guys that are in eighth grade um, at some points. Like, what are what is the actual probability that those guys arrive on campus here in in five years yeah it's a great question because you're right we're talking about guys who at the earliest would be taking the field at haymarket park in a husker uniform in 2027 jeez i mean that's a that's a long way away right yeah. and so certainly like when you think about the range of outcomes when you take a commitment from an eighth grader like on the one end there's the possibility that maybe this player has come close to peaking athletically and maybe everybody else catches up. And in four years, uh, you know, it, it looks a little bit different. On the other hand, maybe these guys are so good that they end up getting drafted out of high school and they never, you know, set foot on your college campus anyway. And so you're hoping as a program, you can sort of thread the needle and, and get those guys to your campus anyway. It's a different challenge, right? Than, than basketball or football where uh, these guys are eligible out of high school to go pro. And so, um, you know, I've talked to Nebraska coaches about this before, and sort of the sentiment is they don't want to make a habit out of going after these guys, but they also don't want to get in the habit of turning them away if they feel like through camp evaluations and other things that they're good enough to, to change pro your program. And so uh, they've got a couple of those guys now. Um, Bo Peterson is a guy out of Kansas who they took a commitment for last fall uh, who was just starting his eighth grade year. And now Bryce Fountain, like you mentioned, uh, who will be at Norris. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's probably worth noting, too, again, Nebraska, their staff hasn't done a ton of this in their three years in Lincoln. But one guy they did it to a couple of years ago by the name of Travis Sikora, uh eventually decommitted from Nebraska. Now he's committed to Texas. And there's talk that in a year he may actually go um, – in the, in the draft in the MLB draft and not even make it to college. So there is a little bit of a track record here of this staff identifying players like that who do make a difference. But um, again, so much can change in four years. You don't really know how it's going to go, but certainly they have to have convic a conviction about these prospects if they're taking these commitments. And uh, they have a couple already in that class. 
All right, Evan, last one before we let you go. Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald with us here on a Monday. All right, Nebraska travels to Illinois this next weekend. Then they come home for a midweek game, I want to say, against Oral Roberts, if I remember correctly, and then Michigan State to uh, finish up the season. What does Nebraska have to do outside of just win? Like, how, Can you put a number where we feel good? Like if they sweep all six games, do I mean, are, is Nebraska in, do we feel like? Um, yeah, probably if they, if they sweep all six games and they're 13 and 11, um, yeah, I think you'd probably feel pretty good if they would make it at that point. You look at the history of this particular event and generally if you've been a 500 team in the league, you have a pretty good chance of making the tournament. Um, I think it's only happened once actually where you, if you finish 500, you don't make the tournament okay. since it's been a 13 team league. So you know, I, I, that would kind of put it at four and two. If you can win both series or, or you know, just find a way to win four of the last six, you probably have a good chance. And you look at the other teams around Nebraska, really it's like five teams right now fighting for two spots where, you know, Indiana's only eight and ten in the league, Purdue's seven and nine, uh, and then it's Nebraska and Northwestern. And, and that series with Michigan State uh, could be pretty big because the Spartans are – you know, battling for that last spot as well. But, you know, how you do it, I don't know. I think I think the pitching has been good enough. I mean, whether that's Shannon or Emmett Olson or even Braxton Brockett, or Jackson Brockett, I think uh, has been pretty good. Um, you know, I think they can find a way to piece that part of it together. I think the defense generally has been pretty good. It's just been, man, can you find a way to score some runs? Can guys get hot? Can you – can you get a clutch hit with runners in scoring position or, or, you know, just find a way to, to generate a few runs. Um, to me, that's what it's going to come down to. Illinois is a high scoring team. They don't make a lot of mistakes defensively. That's going to be a challenging series. And, you know, I think Michigan state will, will be a little bit more realistic that you can maybe stack up some wins, but uh, the weather's heating up. The offense needs to do that too, or, or else, uh, you know, the rest of it really doesn't matter all that much. All right, Evan. So we got asked on the text line about Kale Fountain, Bryce's older brother. He's he's a FSU commit. He's a Florida State commit, right? And he's a sophomore at Norris. Yes, that's okay. right. That's that's what I thought. Yeah, he was one that committed to eighth grade as well, but committed to Florida State um, back I want to say in 2020. So he uh, as as far as we know right now, Greg and Lincoln, he is. Uh, still a Florida State commit. All right, Evan, appreciate the time as always. Good stuff. Uh, we'll definitely talk to you down the road, and let's hope for a couple of Husker baseball wins here, and, and uh, they'll get to Charles Schwab Field for the Big Ten tournament. Sounds great, guys. Thanks for having me. That is Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Appreciate his time as always. Um, really good stuff from him. All right, let's go ahead and take our final time out here. We'll, uh, we'll be right back to wrap up Ticket Weeknights. The Hot Ones Challenge, under 10 minutes. Well, give or take a few minutes for introductions, all that good stuff, all the pleasantries. But the uh, stuff is arriving, so it's an exciting time here in the station. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm getting far away from it as I can. All right, thanks again to Evan Bland. We'll uh, wrap up the 7 o'clock hour and the show here in a couple minutes. You're listening to Ticket, Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Nicole Griffith. All right, so back here um, on Ticket Weeknights. So I went out to the hallway, and all of the athletes are just standing, waiting to meet their, not death, but their opponents. And 
tonight their opponent, Chicken Wings. So Hot One's coming up in a couple minutes. Uh, Brett Baker's here with all the sauces. Uh, paper towels are flowing, will be flowing. Paper plates will be flowing. Dr. Pepper will be flowing. Um, all that good stuff here in a couple minutes. But we'll wrap up the uh, Ticket Weeknights without Nicole Griffith. Nick Sainert back with you one final time. Going to be a very, very short segment. Thanks again to Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald for hanging out and uh, giving us some more information on Husker baseball. Um, all right, so 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sutter Heyman text line. Uh, shout out to Adam on the text line. His Penguins up like 6-2 to two right now at intermission, heading into the third period. So the Penguins are going to seem to be well on their way to a playoff win here over the Rangers. But a little bit of breaking news in the NBA, as there are some NBA playoffs this evening. Mike Brown has been named the head coach by two different teams on the same day. You ask Nick, how can that happen? Well, so a little bit of breaking news a little bit earlier as we have about one minute left here in the uh, the show. So Steve Kerr, Golden State Warriors head coach, has tested positive for COVID-19. So in his spot, assistant coach Mike Brown will coach the Warriors in game four. However, Mike Brown... Hits, or excuse me, Mike Brown was hired by the Sacramento Kings earlier today. And so we have about a minute left here. But it's kind of crazy because now Mike Brown is he the coach for the Kings or the Warriors or both? How many guys can say they were hired by two NBA teams in the same day to be their head coach? Not very many. Mike Brown, one of them. All right, appreciate you guys as always. 402 464 5685. Don't go anywhere. You're going to want to head over to the Sarter Heyman Jewelers video stream for this. We have a little bit of a crossover, a blend of all the shows in the pocket. Talking tens, the deep end, everybody going to partake in the Hot Ones Challenge. Shout out to Brett Baker. Shout out to DP for setting this up. Really good stuff. Head over to the Sarter Heyman Jewelers video stream, and you'll want to watch it. I'm staying far away. I'm, get, I'm going to run out the studio as soon as this music stops here in about eight seconds. Nick Sanders saying so long for Harrison. Nicole is back next week. Don't you worry. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today.